seat. We are so excited this morning because we are here to celebrate, to proclaim the good news that the power of sin and death has been defeated, that God's love wins. And Jesus died and, and Jesus has been raised and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, it, it doesn't end in death, but it, it begins with resurrection and new life. It's, somewhat, it's something that really defies all of our expectations, right? It would even defy the expectations of Jesus' followers, of the disciples and those that were close to Jesus. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to read about the, the resurrection itself and we're going to be reading it from the Gospel of Luke. And the Gospel, if you didn't know, just simply means the good news. This is the good news according to Luke's witness of Jesus' life and of his resurrection. And so what we want you to do is to, to be able to follow along. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, you can bring those out. If you don't, you can follow along on smartphones. And of course, we will have the words on the screen. But we are going to begin in Luke's gospel in chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. And it's sandwiched between the gospel of Mark and the gospel of Luke. So it's the, real, the, the third book in the New Testament as you're uh, turning to those pages. And I might have the, the wrong scripture passage up there. I apologize. But it is Luke 24, 1 through 12. And, and these are the words that are going to be on the screen as we read them together. It says this. It says, very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in... They didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing, and the women were frightened. And they bowed their faces toward the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one, that the son of man must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then, then they remembered his words. And when they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and, and to all the others. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned, wondering what had happened. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. And everyone said, Thanks be to God. Well, when we look at this passage, it begins by telling us that a, a group of women who had witnessed Jesus' death on a cross, that they were heading up to the tomb early on the first day of the week. And the reason why that they were doing this is that they did this to be faithful to God's word right? And, and the reason that they did this was because when Jesus, when he finally died on the cross, there was 
a, a problem. It was later in the day, and because it was later in the day, it was the, the beginning of the Sabbath was about to happen. And if you have no idea what the Sabbath is, it, it really is an important uh, day for the Jewish religion and for their culture to observe this day called Sabbath. And what it means is that it's a, it's a day of rest. The Sabbath is a day of rest. And so the people that would observe this day of rest, they would literally do no kind of work. No kind of work during the day. And they did this to be faithful again to God's word, God's command, which God asked for the, for the faithful people to keep the Sabbath and to make it holy. And when it says keeping it, it means prioritize it, make the Sabbath a priority. And then when it says to make it holy, another way to, to, to translate holy is to set apart. So set apart this day from your busy schedule to not be busy and dedicate it to worshiping God. And so it was pretty important for them to observe this Sabbath day. And so you can imagine there's a problem, right? Daylight's burning out. The Sabbath is about to begin, but, but Jesus has died too late in the afternoon. And so there isn't enough time to properly bury Jesus, to prepare his body and to bury him before the Sabbath happens where they, again, were not able to do any kind of work. And also, it was even considered for them to be unclean, to be handling and touching a dead body. Of course, they had rituals in order to cleanse them from this. But again, that was considered work. So they, they had to come up with a, a solution, a temporary solution, which essentially was to, to borrow a, a tomb from someone in order to store Jesus' body until they could come back and prepare and bury his body properly in the Jewish tradition and in the Jewish customs. And in the tomb that they borrowed, it almost looked like a cave. It was carved out of stone. It was carved out of stone. And they often had these giant stones that would roll in front of the entrance of the tombs. This was to sort of seal the tomb, right? so that it would protect whatever was inside. And so when these grieving women are showing up just as the sun is coming up in order to finish the job that they had started in order to properly bury Jesus's body, when they get there, they can't believe what they see, right? They, they can't believe what they're seeing with their own eyes because the stone that was there to, to seal whatever was inside to protect had been rolled away. And they began to be fearful. They began to assume maybe that the, the worst began to happen and that maybe someone took Jesus's body. Maybe Jesus's body has been taken. And so they look inside the empty tomb and we're told that they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to make heads or tails of it. They don't know what's going on. They didn't understand and they couldn't make sense of what had happened in their midst. And then we're told, just then, angels appearing as men tell them and ask this kind of provocative question. Said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Essentially, he's saying, Jesus is alive. Remember what he said. He said that this would come to pass. Remember what he told you. The Savior, our Savior, was to suffer. It was to die. It was to be raised on the third day. And so they came expecting to see 
the dead man that they had quickly wrapped up waiting for them to properly bury him, right? But instead what they come up against and what they witness, what they see is an empty tomb. They see an empty tomb and in order to make sense of what they were seeing, in order to make sense of the empty tomb, in order to make sense of this resurrection, they had to remember Jesus's words. They had to remember what Jesus's life was building up towards. Jesus came because it was a fulfillment of God's promises of salvation and redemption for everyone. The promise, God's promise was that love wins and that love brings life. And so God's desire has always been for us to be in a trusting and loving relationship with God. First and foremost, that that is what we were created to be as beings made in God's image. We were created to live eternally with God. And on the same hand, God also gave us the gift, the capacity to choose whether or not we would actually follow God, whether we would choose to be in this trusting, loving relationship with God or not. And what we decided to do was we chose our own way. God did not abandon us. We abandoned God. We said we would rather figure out everything for ourselves, right? We wanted to live our way rather than God's way. We rejected God. We rejected our relationship that God created us, created for us to have. That's the relationship that that we rejected. And it was a choice that separated us from God. It's the, the choice that continues to separate us from God. But here's the good news, is that when our love failed, God's love never failed. God's love remained steadfast. It endured It reached out to us through Jesus. God made a promise to redeem all of creation. This was God's promise. And he chose to do it through his son, Jesus. And because of our condition, because of our separation from God, God being the source of light, life, and being separated from that source, we ended up withering away and dying But God didn't want that to be the end of our story. God doesn't want that to be the end of your story. Only God can look at death and say, no, this will not be the end of the story for my beloved children. And so what God chose to do is that God's love endured. God's love reached out. God became human through Jesus and ended up sacrificing himself for our redemption to remove that separation so that we would have life everlasting. We wouldn't suffer death. Death would not be the end of our story. And as a result, everything, everyone would be reconciled, redeemed by God because we couldn't and we can't do it in our own strength or on our own. So what we have is that redemption and eternal life with God is our reward when we receive Jesus' gift of salvation. 
right? So what Jesus taught, what Jesus preached, the way Jesus lived, how he served other people was about modeling for us what it was like to be in a loving relationship with God, that loving, trusting relationship. And that because we learned that and we shared that with God, we would share that with each other. But because we separated ourselves from that, we, we, we pushed each other away. We sinned against each other. We hurt one another. And so in Jesus' salvation, we are no longer separated from God. And nothing will ever separate us again. What Jesus has done for you, it can't be undone. New life is within your reach. A way back to God, which God has provided for all of us through his son, Jesus, is within each of your reach. It's within your grasp. Love wins. So if you're experiencing shame, fear, hopelessness, brokenness, even death, all of it, all of it has been defeated. And when we look to Scripture, Scripture encourages us in Romans chapter 8, it says this. It says, if God is for us, who is against us? Who will separate us from, God, from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? No, but in all of these things, in the midst of all of these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. Paul continues to say that I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death, nor life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or anything that is created will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we want to emphasize that verse 37, which says, in all these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. This is what's possible. This is what's possible for you and for your life when it's in relationship, when it's in that trusting, loving relationship with God. Because God's love, God's perfect love, Scripture tells us it casts out all fear. And when it casts out all fear, it also brings us a sense of peace, a sense of hope, a sense of healing. And yes, even a sense of restoration and redemption, God's love, it brings us life and it gives us life. That's what God's love does. And so our connection with God, it's been restored through Jesus. And so death is not the end of my story. It's not the end of your story. It's not the end of your family's story. It's not the end of your neighbor's story because God's love wins. The victory is ours because Jesus has given us a way back to God's heart. And so we can stand confidently in our victory and in our freedom, like we just sang about, because of the power of sin and death having been defeated and the new life that, God love, that God's love bears in us, that God gives to us in Jesus. And so friends, this morning, we celebrate the resurrection because we are saved from death and we are given new life.
We want you to remember Jesus' words. We want you to remember what Jesus has done for us through an empty tomb. Remember all of it was done in order to fulfill a promise. A promise that God has made and that God has never broken, that God's love will, has, and will continue to win. God's love wins. And when God, God's love wins, it brings us new life. That's why we celebrate an empty tomb. So when you look at whatever is going on in your life right now, I know for some of you that you're struggling, struggling even to maybe make it to the next day. And so when you are tired, when you are broken, when you feel afraid, lost, confused, and maybe even when life looks hopeless or your life looks empty or even it looks like it's dying right in front of you, that is not the end of your story. That's part of your story, but God says it's not the end of your story. Those parts of our lives, which we will experience, they happen to us, but they do not define us. Those parts of our lives, that suffering, that pain, that hurt, it does not define us. And they no longer have the power that they used to have. Because now, our life, our redemption is in Christ. The love we have in Jesus is what defines us now. The love that we have, because what Jesus has done for us, that's our identity. That's our new story. That's our triumph. That's our victory that we get to share in with Jesus. Friends, God is not against you. God is for you. God is with us. God is going to always reach out to us with that love that never fails. God is with us as we were created to be. And nothing is going to change that. Nothing will change that. Nothing can ever take that away from us. You know, it talks about we might be struck down, but we are never destroyed. The weight of the world can, can be heavy, it can bring us to our knees. But the power of Jesus through the resurrection, he takes those burdens, he makes our burdens light. He says, my life is going to give you new life. The resurrection will bring you new life. It'll help you to endure because my love, which is the Father's love, never fails. It never runs out. Nothing can change that. Nothing can take, away, take it away. And so there is hope. There is freedom. There is new life for you today and the next day and for all of eternity. God's love does not run out on us even when our love continues to fail, God's love continues to remain steadfast. God's love is eternal and is also eternally available for each and every one of us, always and forever. Please don't walk away 
not knowing how much God loves you, how much God is for you, and how much whatever circumstance that you are experiencing in your life that feels like you are defeated, that you are about to die, isn't the end of your story. There is more to your story because of God's love. God's love will save you, redeem you, and strengthen you in your life because God's love wins. God's love wins. I'm going to say it one more time. God's love wins. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. God, in which we celebrate your never-failing love for us, God. You, your never-failing love, it gives us life. And in the way we live our lives, God, it should point to your love. And so, God, we, we ask, we pray, God, that, that these wouldn't just be words that we hear, but, God, that, that it would be an encouragement to each and every one of us that we feel in our hearts, God, we feel in our heads, we feel it in our lives that this, this promise is true. God, that you are always faithful, God, and that you always keep your promises. And God, if this is true for our lives, God, we pray that our lives will bear witness to the truth in the resurrection of your son, Jesus. God, we want people to see the joy. We want people to see the, the new life, the redemption in our lives as this evidence, God, this evidence of, of an empty tomb that death has been defeated and we have been given new life. And so God, we give our lives to you. And God, we wanna take full advantage of this gift that you have given us through your son, Jesus, by way of the resurrection. God, we don't want to waste our lives as if you aren't fully for us, that you aren't fully with us, that you aren't fully available to us. God, whatever lie we believe about you, God, we ask that, that your perfect love would cast out all fear and doubt. And God, give us a sense of peace. Give us a sense of hope. And because of that, God, we pray lives would be changed. God, by your power, lives would be redeemed. Lives would be transformed and would be, continue to be transformed because of the truth and the victory of your love, God. And so, God, we continue to worship you with all we are, as best as we know how, God, with your health, with your help, God, with, by your grace. God, we worship you now and forever, God. We worship you in freedom. God, we worship you in victory. We worship you in the faithfulness and the steadfastness of your love. God, we thank you. God, we thank you because your love wins. May your love triumph in each and every one of our lives. And God, may we be born anew and walk in this new life together. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.